Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast, the Everybody Wants to Rule the World edition, as the Bengals look to extend their five-game winning streak by beating the GOAT, seven-time Super Bowl champion, five-time Super Bowl MVP, and the NFL's all-time leader in passing yards and touchdowns, Tom Brady. Coming up, I'll talk to another GOAT when it comes to studying the tape and explaining the X's and O's, Greg Cosell from NFL Films and ESPN. I'll chat to Von Bell about facing Tom Brady, and we'll hear what Brady had to say about Joe Burrow when the Bengals quarterback was on his podcast. And finally, in this week's Know the Foe segment, we'll hear from Scott Smith, who covers the Bucks for Fox 13 in Tampa. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Paycor. More than 29,000 customers trust Paycor to help them recruit, pay, engage, and retain employees. Learn more at Paycor.com. Now, here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. It's the greatest thing since Tom Mitt's Christmas Trees. We got around to buying our tree a little bit later than usual this year, and when we tried to purchase one close to home, the selection was pretty slim. After a quick search on the internet, we wound up going to Tom Mitt's Christmas Trees in the Newport, Kentucky Business District, and that will be our first stop in the years to come. Great selection, outstanding service, and a tradition that goes back several decades. We started late, but our tree looks great, thanks to Tom Mitt's Christmas Trees in Newport. Now, let's get to this week's game. The Bengals are tied for first in the AFC North, and the Buccaneers are alone in first in the NFC South. But these are two very different first-place teams. After an 0-2 start, the Bengals have won 9 out of 11. After a 2-0 start, the Buccaneers have lost 7 of 11. Still, a 6-7 record gives Tampa Bay a one-game lead in its division over the Panthers and Falcons, who are 5-8. For more on the Bengals and the Bucks. I turned to one of the best in the business at watching the tape and sharing his insights. It is always a treat to talk football with my friend Greg Cosell from NFL Films and the NFL Matchup Show on ESPN. You did a segment on the Bengals' defense last week, Greg, where you talked about them as being too often overlooked. What stands out to you when you watch this group? I would say a couple of things, Dan. Number one, I think they have better players than people give them credit for. They may not have that one player. You know, what do we think of with defenses? We think of guys who get a ton of sacks. Now, I know Hedrickson had, I think, around 14 or 15 sacks a year ago, although he's not really talked about as a sacker the way some others are. Um, so he's not really mentioned that way. Um, and, and more often than not, people talk about corners, if you have a great corner. And they don't have that one guy that you say, wow, that guy is a great corner. Um, usually stacked linebackers are not discussed very much when when people talk about defenses. Uh, they probably should be talked about a little more because I think they're really valuable. And I think that the, the Bengals have one really good one in Logan Wilson and another in Pratt, who I think is a really solid player. You know, I, I think you're dealing with two guys um, who are really good now. Obviously, when they go dime, which they do go dime, Pratt comes off the field. Wilson never comes off the field. Um, and they, you know, just like every team, they have different personnel packages based on nickel and dime. 
but I think someone like Sam Hubbard, again, another guy who's not going to have 15 sacks, but on this team and the way in which he's deployed, I think Sam Hubbard is a really, really good football player. And of course, we know about Reader inside. I mean, you know, there are certain guys who are just really good players who play roles that are important roles on teams that just may not put up stats and numbers that people take note of, but they're really good players. And I think Lou Anaramo does not get enough credit either because I think they do a really good job week to week being somewhat opponent specific in how they approach it. And I think that doesn't get talked about enough either. Lou has done a pretty remarkable job of confusing some great quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes. Are there any unique concepts or anything he is becoming known for as a defensive coordinator? You just hit it right on the head, I think. And and the Mahomes one is obviously the one that's most visible. But I think he does that pretty much every week in, in different ways. So it's not, hey, there's one thing that you know he's going to do, Dan, that you say, hey, that's a Lou Anaramo thing. But I think he has a really good feel for opposing offenses, what their strengths are, how to get them into perhaps a limitation. And I think he does that really well on a week-to-week basis. I want to get back to DJ Reader for a second because when he's been healthy this year, opponents have not been able to run on Cincinnati. It's been black and white statistically. What does DJ Reader do for this group? As you know, you've been doing this a long time, college football, NFL. Stopping the run is not a sexy subject. People always think it's something, wow, they must be doing something amazing. Normally stopping the run, and, and Reader is really good at this, has to do with your first-level defenders, you know, depending on the nature of your defense, one gap, two gap. There's always some of, of both, depending on whatever defense you play. But what Reader's really good at is controlling and displacing offensive linemen. And that's essential in stopping the run. So, again, it's not a sexy topic where you think, man, there's a great pass rush. Wait, he just blew by that guy. You know, but he's really good at that. And when, when your interior D lineman can do that kind of thing, it really allows your linebackers to play faster because now they don't have to wait and see what's happening. They can immediately react. And I think you're seeing that with Wilson while he often gets big uh, tackle totals. And But Reader is just really, really good at controlling and displacing offensive linemen. We're chatting with Greg Cosell from the NFL Matchup Show on ESPN. Let's turn to offense. You sent me your notes about Joe Burrow prior to the 2020 draft, and you had him graded as the number one quarterback in that class, and it's turned out to be a good class. Is there anything about Burrow in year three that's even better than you thought it would be at this stage of his career? The short answer is no, but I think he's improved in certain areas that he's been forced to improve in because of the nature of the team. I think this year he's gotten much better in understanding how to camouflage and compensate for some O-line deficiencies. And I think great quarterbacks do that. You know, it's always easy to say when a quarterback gets sacked a lot that they have a bad O-line. And, you know, and we're not going to lie here. We're not going to say that the Bengals have a great O-line or that they had one a year ago. But I think Burrow has developed sort of a more intuitive feel for how to deal with that, Um, whether it's getting the ball out, whether it's being better with his calculated movement because Burrow is a sneaky athlete. And when I say sneaky, I don't mean, you, you know, he's necessarily going to run for hundred yards, although he certainly can run for first downs if demanded, but just his ability to navigate the pocket, his ability to climb the pocket and find space, you know, a more quiet spot to deliver the ball. And he's such a quiet player. That's a word that I heard from a 
a quarterback coach uh, who was a head coach in the league for a number of years who I, I know well. And when he told me that years ago, it just really struck me about quarterbacks. Some seem even really good ones at times can see very active in their movement. Burrow looks quiet in his movement. Even when he's forced to move, it never looks hurried or frenetic. It looks quiet. And I think he's gotten such a better feel for that as he's had to because you know, look, let's be realistic. This has not been a great O-line over the last couple of years, although I do think it's improved as this year has progressed because you would know this better than I, but I think those five have played the pretty large majority of the snaps this year, have they not? They have. Started every game together. Yeah, so I mean, you know, I think there has been improvement. There's always some snaps where, you know, they just, certain guys get beat and that happens, but I think, you know, I think Burroughs developed a really good feel for that. And I think that's an improvement that he had to have. And because he's such a smart player and an intuitive player, he's developed that. Early this year, opponents were playing the Bengals pretty much the same way. A lot of two deep zones, trying to take the deep ball away from Joe Burrow. Since week two, they're averaging more than 27 points a game. What adjustments have they made to attack that better, in your opinion? You know, when teams look to take away deep, you have to think of it this way. If you're going to play single high, number one, a couple of things happen. One is you give up seams. Number two, there's outside the numbers throws that will always be there because a, a single high safety is never going to get to make a play outside the numbers on a on a vertical type route. So, and I think Burrow is an absolute master, maybe the best in the league at attacking one-on-ones outside the numbers. When he sees that, he throws it. Now, I don't know, and you may know this, I don't know how many of those are you know, checks at the line of scrimmage or play calls. That's hard for me to know watching tape. But I do know that when he sees one-on-ones outside the numbers with Higgins or Chase, he throws it. And obviously, Higgins and Chase are very, very good. Um, even with split safety, Depending on what you do with your combination route concepts, Dan, you can still throw one-on-one outside the numbers because if you can eat up the safety to that side with a with a route concept or combination route, you still get one-on-one outside the numbers. But if you're going to play split safety, there's one less defender underneath, okay? It's a numbers game. Football is a numbers game. I learned that a long time ago from a veteran coach. So now you have, if you're going to rush four, play split safety, you only have three underneath defenders. And that then becomes easier to attack underneath. And I think they do a really, really good job. They're among the best in the league with what we call high-low concepts. They work between the numbers exceptionally well. So they eat up an underneath defender with a low route, um, whether it's the tight end, it could be the back, and then they run usually an in-breaking route behind that. And if you're in split safety, you can't really play that route. You know, you, you have to play it top down. So the ball will be caught. And they do that with any number of receivers. They do it with Higgins. I saw them do it a few weeks ago before it got hurt with Joe Mixon. I forget who the opponent was out of an empty set. Um, which, by the way, I was going to ask you about this. Since the Steelers game, when they had 20 empty sets, they've not been an empty very much. And I've, I've been kind of surprised by that. Do you have an answer for that by any chance? Not so much, except to say that they've had so much success running out of the shotgun now. I mean, that's really become the key to the running game that I think they like having, you know, that threat to present to the defense. And it's cut down on the number of times that Joe's gone empty. That's a great point, because I think they knew that they had to become more sustaining with their run game. 
uh, you know, because no matter how good Burrow and the receivers are, it's hard to be one dimensional every week and really win when you start playing good defenses. And that's a great point. You're probably right because uh, they need to develop some kind of sustainability with the run game. And they've been doing that out of the shotgun. So obviously that demands a back in the backfield. So they face the Buccaneers this week. Tampa Bay is 28th in the league in scoring, and it's not because Tom Brady is 45 years old. What problems are the Bucs having on offense? Well, they have a lot. I mean, and I say that honestly, you know, you know, everything I say is based on tape. You know, it's never anything more than that. This is a team with pretty significant offensive problems. Number one, they can't run the ball. Um, their first down run game is among the worst in the league. Um, this is a team that has faced on offense the second most third downs of any team in the league, they face 15 third downs per game, Dan, that you don't want to be in that situation. That's too many third downs on a weekly basis um, because defenses normally, normally have the tactical advantage when you're in third down, um, unless you're in third and one, third and two, and that's not the case with the Bucks. And quite honestly, Tom Brady has not played particularly well. He's very conscious of pressure. The O-line has obviously been an ongoing issue. He's a pocket quarterback. He's not going to move. So he's become very aware of it, very conscious of it. He falls away from a lot of throws. He's not a guy that's going to take sacks. So he gets rid of the ball for incompletions, you know, just because he won't get sacked. So this is an offense that has multiple issues right now. The only thing you can say, and it could happen any given week, is they do have talented skill players. So could any given week be the week that they hit some big play touchdowns? It could. You, I mean, for your guy's sake, you hope it's not this week. But for the most part, when you watch that offense, it's they've got a number of issues that they're really struggling to work through. Defensively, on the other hand, they played pretty well. I think nine of the uh, 13 opponents have scored 20 or less in regulation. What do you think of the Bucks' defense and who stands out on that side of the ball? Yeah, they've had some issues in the secondary this year with injury. So that's, you know, again, um, I don't know what the situation is with you guys with Higgins and Boyd, obviously. But I mean, if 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 everybody's healthy, it's a little bit of an issue for the Bucks because their secondaries had some concerns. I mean, this past week they started Delaney as their slot corner, which and I know they don't want to do that. Um, so I don't know if he's going to be the guy again. I, I'm pretty sure Dean got benched at halftime of the last game because he did not play in the second half. And I don't believe he was hurt. He was the one who gave up the stutter go to Ayuk on the final play of the first half for the 49ers. So I think he was benched and he's been up and down this year. Davis is their best corner, their most consistent corner. Um, you know, their pass rush can be really good. Todd Bowles is a master of blitz concepts, and he can he can hurt you any given week with with a, a blitz that you haven't quite seen. And they'll be working on that this week because Burrow's incredibly smart. So Todd Bowles will want to show something that Joe has not seen on film. Now, Joe may be smart enough to recognize, hey, that's a different look. This guy's in a spot. I haven't seen him before. That's an alert. We may, you know, Joe's smart enough to know that, or he may not know that. You never know. You know, even the great ones at times get get confused by something they haven't seen. But this defense is, you know, last week they they couldn't stop the run. They couldn't stop the run at all with with the 49ers. So it's it's defensively they've also been really erratic as well. It's just been things have not worked for them this year really on either side of the ball with any kind of consistency. So the Bengals are looking for win number 6 in a row. What are a few keys in your mind to Sunday's game? Anytime you're talking about the Bengals, even though we talked about the run game, we know that the pass game kind of drives it more often than not. You know, 
Joe doesn't have to throw for 380 for them to win, but but they're a passing football. I mean, even last week with Irwin in the game, with Taylor in the game, they both hit some big plays. Um, you know, they're they're a throwing football team. They're going to have to make plays in the pass game. Um, and and I think they can against this team. Now, the key is protection because, again, the Bucs can rush the quarterback and, and Bowles is a blitz defensive coach. So there is going to be pressure concepts that they have to deal with. So I think throwing the ball, they will have to throw it and they will have to make some big plays there. And then defensively, um, and I want to mention one guy because I loved his tape coming out, but I think Cam Taylor Britt's going to be a really good player. He's competitive. He's feisty. He's tough. He brings a swagger to your defense. Um, you know, obviously a woozy, you didn't want to lose him. But, you know, Taylor Britt is, is a really good player. And he's going to be a starter there for quite some time. Bengals fans love it. When I have you as a guest, I always appreciate your time. Look forward to seeing you at the Combine in Indianapolis. And thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Dan. Really appreciate it. Anytime. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Kettering Health, the official health care provider of the Bengals. With more than 120 care facilities and 1,500 care providers, Kettering Health is committed to guiding you to your best health. Visit KetteringHealth.org to learn more. A major focus this week is the first and possibly only head-to-head meeting between 27-year-old Joe Burrow and 45-year-old Tom Brady. Brady has a podcast that he does with veteran broadcaster Jim Gray called Let's Go. And last year, just before the Super Bowl, they had Joe Burrow on as a guest. I think Joe's got some tools that I didn't quite have when I was his age. So super impressed by how he's kind of come into the league and um, went to Cincinnati, which has been a tough place to play over the years. And, you know, two years into his career after a really tough injury last year, showed a lot of mental and physical toughness coming back and having an incredible season. So, um, you know, I always love watching quarterbacks and certainly young quarterbacks because I feel like, you know, there's certain ways to play the game and and to to play the game at a high level uh, requires a huge commitment. And I think Joe, even from when I saw him at LSU, you know, he makes that commitment. So it's uh, it's really a great thing for me to see as, as, you know, someone who's played this game for a long time. So really happy for Joe and his team. Joe, when you hear those words from Tom, your reaction is? <laughs> well, no, I don't know. I don't know if I can be in the conversation with this guy yet, but you know, I'm going to work really hard to try, and I think we're off to a great start. Tom Brady has been an NFL quarterback since Joe Burrow was four years old. Here's the Bengals QB on TB12. He gets the ball out really fast. You know, he understands what he's looking at. Um, you know, I think he epitomizes toughness at the quarterback position. You know, he, he's a great leader. I mean, he's the greatest of all time for a reason. He's the total package. It's our 14th game of the season. You know, it, uh, obviously, you know, the greatest quarterback ever is on the other side, but, you know, we got a job to do too. And our job is to go and win, get to 10-4, and four and, and move on. And what does he think about the inevitable Brady-Burrow comparisons? It is what it is. You don't really pay attention to it. He's Tom and I'm Joe. The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Alta Fiber, future-proof fiber internet capable of delivering multi-gigabit speeds. Designed to take your home, business, and community to a new level. Elevate your connection with Alta Fiber. Last year in his 23rd NFL season, Tom Brady led the NFL in passing yards and touchdown passes. But this year, behind a makeshift offensive line, Brady and the Bucks have struggled to score. They've only topped 22 points 
once all year. Will the Bengals' defense add to the Bucks' offensive woes? I caught up with safety Von Bell this week. Von, you have played at a very high level for six-plus years now in the NFL, but this year you've got four interceptions. You're tied for fourth in the league in that category. You're third on the Bengals in tackles, right behind the linebackers. Do you feel like you are playing the best you've ever played in the NFL? I think so. Um, with that, it comes with uh, this time in the league and uh, really just growing as a young athlete in this league and just really just trying to progress year in and year out. So I think I'm heading in the right direction. Let's go back to the interceptions for a second. Four this year. You've had three previously, including the playoffs. But going back to your Ohio State days, you had nine in three years. Are the four interceptions this year the product of the way you're being deployed by Lou Anarumo? For sure. Um, we always trying to put the safeties in the best position to make plays. Hats off to him. You know, we always want to make plays, me and Jesse, and uh, just want to be the the, star, um, the energy um, for the defense to feed off of and always just want to make plays for each other. So, uh, yeah, hats off to him. Just put me in a position to make plays. You've played 99% of the defensive snaps. You came out in a couple of the lopsided games, but that's it. Of your various attributes, how high do you rank reliability and durability? Uh, very high, because uh, I think when I first came in this league, my, my, my coach at the time always said the best availability is availability. Mm-hmm. And I uh, just always just want to stay healthy, stay durable, stay in the weight room, just being healthy because you got to put the armor on out there because it's, it's a tough war for those 60 minutes. But I always just want to be just available and just ready and durable um, because that sticks with you throughout the league. We're visiting with Von Bell. You mentioned Jesse Bates. You two guys form one of the best safety combos in the NFL. What do you enjoy about working with Jesse? And do the two of you fit just extremely well together? Oh, man, that's my guy. Um, always thinking I like. Always want to make plays. Uh, we always tell each other before every game, um, as we go, they go. And um, just want to be the leaders, be the generals back there, commanding things. And I just want guys to just always just play better and up to the standard when we're back there. And just, um, everybody just want to command everybody, keep everybody accountable, and um, just really just feeding off each other and really playing off each other. And that's what we do very well together. The secondary lost one of the best cover corners in the league when Chidabe Awuje tore his ACL against Cleveland, and yet you've managed to win five games in a row since. You've known Eli Apple for a long time, Ohio State and New Orleans. Has he taken it up a notch since Cheetah went down? Yes, um, because he's the oldest corner now. And um, so his veteran presence, his knowledge of the game, and he know he had to step it up even more because we had a lot of young guys in the room. And it's really just the culture in our room and the standard that we have. And um, we always say we're going to need all these guys in this room. That's what you're here for, uh, to be in this room, in this NFL locker room, because it's going to be a time and a moment and place where we're going to need somebody. A uh, young guy, older guy, it don't matter. Uh, all hands on deck. That's what we always talk and um, it's just really just uh, the standard of our room. It just hats off to the coaches and hats off to the guys that's really taking accountability in their job. So that's the biggest thing, and uh, guys really take it serious and they really care for one another. Rookie Cam Taylor Britt has moved into the starting lineup. His locker is next to yours. What do you like about the kid from Nebraska? He go fight, and uh, he always want a chance. He always want an opportunity, and uh, he going to make most of it. Uh, he always tell me, give me the call, I'll go play for you. He's going to play hard. So uh, I can always, I can always count on him in my corner. He's going to throw his hat in there. He's going to throw his shoulder in there. He's going to give you all he got and, uh, for those 60 minutes. And, um, you know, he just always want to make a play. And, um, and I love that about him. He's fiery, a lot of energy. And um, he's just eager to make that play and keep on progressing this, week, this league week in and week out. 
You head to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers this Sunday. Mm-hmm. If I'm correct, you faced Tom Brady once before in your career. He had a good game, three touchdown passes in the first quarter. Yeah. What stood out about facing him head-to-head? Oh, man, uh, he's the GOAT. Uh, probably one, arguably the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. He's seen a lot. He's been here for two decades. Uh, seen a lot of coverages, you know. Um, he played a lot of ball. He going to know what you're in, like Lou said today. And uh, he's going to you got to think of all the beaters that's going to come off of that. And they go run what he likes. And um, so you always got to accept the challenge. Uh, that's what we're here for, uh, to be the best at what we do. And we go play the best at what he does at the, at this very moment. And, um, you know, um, so – what 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 an opportunity! What a challenge for the group, and I know guys are looking forward to it because uh, we know we won't make plays on the ball for sure. Coming from him on this last tour, at the end of their game last week against San Francisco, it looked like a receiving line. I mean, one guy after the other was approaching him. They were asking him to sign their jersey. Yeah. I think a guy that intercepted him asked yeah. him to sign the ball. Yeah. Do you anticipate something similar this week? If I get one, I know I'm gonna get one this week. I'm gonna, I'm gonna manifest that. I'll probably just send it in the mail. <laughs> I'll probably send it in the mail, but uh, but it's just it's greatness, and uh, you gotta respect greatness. And uh, man, that's what we do it for. Like I said, and he's one of the greatest to ever probably put on the helmet and play that position. So you know we admire him from afar, but at the end of the day, we gotta get the job done. A couple more questions for Von Bell. You famously have a first guy in the building work ethic, and your teammates greatly admire that. Do you need an alarm clock at this point, or do you just naturally roll out of bed at 5.15 or 5.30, whatever it is? No, the alarm is always on. I just naturally just always stays on, but sometimes I just beat the alarm and always up. So it gave me a little cue to get out the door by that time. So, um, man, just coming here to work, and, uh, man, just, I love it. Love the process um, and just, just love being in it. And Because uh, I always tell them it's a chef life. Because uh, this thing goes by so fast. I, I was telling one of the rooks the other day, I said, I remember when I was a rookie, I came in. Now I'm year seven, it's just blinking an eye, just having too much fun and building relationships and building brotherhoods that's going to last a lifetime. So really just enjoy the moment, stay in the moment, and maximize the moment. You just turned 28 this week. Happy birthday, by the way. Appreciate you are still a young man. Yeah. But you have a presence on this team. The young guys kind of look at you as the wise sensei. <laughs> Do you enjoy that? At times. But I also want to give my age away. <laughs> so, you know, at that mark, they always try to like, get a little scared. Like, oh, you're getting older. But I'm still young, hard, upbeat. And um, I take it on. Just It's more to my plate. Uh, I accept it. Uh, just really just um, I always tell them I'm, I'm here to serve. And I'm trying to give all my knowledge from all the failures, successes, trying to give it to the important to you so you be better than me. And uh, you take that next step and you take that next that leap into your your next, uh, you know, progression in your career. So I always want to feed into the young guys and always give them back. One of the best free agent acquisitions this franchise ever made. Congratulations on another great season. Best of luck the rest of the way. Thank you so much. The Steelers, Ravens, and Browns all have wins over Tampa Bay this year. We'll see if the Bengals can make it four for four for the AFC North. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Bengals Picks and Ultimate Bengals. They're free to play with tickets and signed merchandise up for grabs. Find both inside the Bengals app. Now time for this week's Know the Foe segment. Scott Smith covers the Bucks for Fox 13 in Tampa, and he joined Dave Lapham and Wayne Box Miller this week on the Bengals Game Plan Show. Here's Scott on where things stand for the 6-7 and seven Buccaneers. Well, I think getting to the playoffs is kind of the first hurdle that they need to reach. I mean, this team has been so inconsistent this year, and uh, while there is 
a bulk of that attention that's going to be directed toward the play of Brady, I mean, really, this is this is a comprehensive uh, failure in terms of what this year has been. Uh, the consistency has just not been there. We have, you know, it started early on in the season when, when pieces of that offensive line started to go down. Now you only have one of uh, the previous five starters from last year in there, left tackle Donovan Smith, and he, he might be having his worst season yet as a pro. Uh, so I think it, for Brady, it starts up front, the confidence that he has in his offensive line. He, he's, he's not one that's going to stay back there in the pocket and take a sack. Uh, and so I think he's maybe rushing things a little bit to avoid the sack, just to, to make sure that he maintains his longevity. And when you, when you do that, players are not receivers are not getting open this i think there's a lot of opportunities missed when he's not able to take a little bit longer of a drop and so i think speeding the offensive plays up a little bit has hurt this team there's really there's no dynamic playmaker in this offense right now which says a lot given this team had one of the best offenses in the league last year but their production this year they're you know averaging about 17 points a game and last week against the 49ers they were lucky to get one touchdown it was a bobbled catch in the end zone. Uh, so this has just been a, a, a struggle uh, for Brady and this offense to find consistency, to find health. And even when guys are out there and playing, you know, we have uh, errant throws and drop balls and, and flags that are calling plays back. So it's just it's been a, a comprehensive lit down this year, especially offensively. Defensively, it's a, it's a little bit different story. But um, they seem to remain hopeful that they can – find their winning ways of years past and and turn something around here late in the season and, and grab a little bit of momentum. But at this point, getting to the playoffs is going to be still a hurdle for this team. You mentioned Donovan Smith. He's got more holding penalties than any other lineman in the National Football League. And honestly, watching tape, they're not calling all of them. This dude is a holding machine. I mean, he is grabbing people out there. And he, he has been called, uh, you know, <laughs> frequently but not as bad as it could be. You're exactly right. And he's a good player. I mean, I, it's just, I guess it's one of those years. Worse, got the ankle problem, but he'll probably go. He'll probably be able to go. Here's an interesting stat on Brady, though. When Brady gets rid of the football in less than two and a half seconds, which is quick, he gets the ball out quickly, though. He's a chuck and duck guy. He didn't want to get hit at 45 years old. When he gets it out in less than two and a half seconds, 78% completion percentage, 11 touchdowns. When it's over two and a half seconds, drops to 51% in only three touchdowns. Tom Brady, it's like, I'm not sure how much he trusts that offensive line. And uh, like you said, everything that's going on around him. But, man, if he didn't get that ball out like pronto, it's it's issues, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, and he doesn't, obviously, at 45, want to be taking sacks at this age. Right. He didn't, he didn't come hit. back to have his right. season ended with injury. So he, he's cognizant of that. And uh, there are some young guys. They're, they're, their center is a second-year guy, and he's done an admirable job, but he's filling in for, for a Pro Bowl center in Ryan Jensen. Robert Haynes, he's the guy that's filling in. Uh, yep. You know, they're, they're everybody. I mean, everybody's new. Especially now you have right tackle. I mean, I, I don't believe actually Tristan Wirfs is going to play this week. Really? Uh, he was out there on the practice field today, kind of running around a little bit. But I mean, he's dealing with a high ankle sprain. He's been out two and a half weeks now. If he were to make it back in time for Sunday's game, I, I would be shocked. Huh. Uh, I think they would we still wait another week with Wirfs. So you're still looking at kind of this, you know, hodgepodge offensive line. And to your point about Donovan Smith, 
he says that he is dealing with something. That's what he told reporters earlier in the week. Now, he didn't give any more details. I'm not sure if that's an injury thing. If it's maybe one of those situations where he's saying, if you only knew what injury I'm playing through right now, then maybe you would understand why oh. this is the case. He didn't, he didn't delve into any of those details. Uh, but, you know, the, the issue is, is he better than the guy that's behind him? And that point was brought up to Todd Bowles today after practice. And, and he says, we're going with the guy that's going to give us the best shot to win. And Donovan Smith is that guy at left tackle right now. So they don't have a better option. If they did, they'd go there. Scott Smith, Fox 13 Sports Director, joining us live from Tampa Bay. You know, Scott, uh, this defense, Devin White, uh, a guy that is as advertised, and you have one of our Cincinnati products and Mike Edwards there. But uh, do you think that this defense uh, has the ability to stop an offense like the Cincinnati Bengals? Not if they're down four defensive backs, and uh, that's kind of where they are right now. We're still Antoine Winfield Jr., Mike Edwards, uh, Sean Murphy Bunting, and then cornerback Jamel Dean. All those guys um, uncertain about their status for this week. So uh, this defense has been been good. They've kept their team in games this year, but they just haven't been consistent. And last week we saw against the 49ers a team that really, especially in the back end, lacked discipline. And um, and so with without a fully healthy defense i'm not sure exactly what to expect they lost shaq barrett uh, edge rusher earlier this year they've kind of hobbled some pieces together with a second year outside linebacker on in joe tryon shoyinka who hasn't really lived up to expectations he's the first round draft pick on the other side they got carl Nassib, a guy that kind of picked up the scrap heap a guy that that knew this defense because he had played for the bucks previously uh but they're not able to generate the rush up front and, and even their interior defensive linemen are you know, Vita Vea is doubtful for this week and he's of course the big man in the middle he's the guy right. that's going to really help slow down the run uh, but he's dealing with a calf strain from last week so Todd Bowles saying today that he doubts that Vita's going to be back for this game so if they're fully healthy then yeah I'll put this Bucks defense up against anybody I don't, I'm not sure that they're in their ability to slow down a red hot Cincinnati Bengals offense right now but uh, they're not fully healthy and so this is what it feels like to me right now is we may be seeing something more similar to what we saw last week when they visited San Francisco, that, that it could get out of hand and it could get ugly early. This team is not a team that really can fight from behind. They, they have to be front runners, in my opinion, to really give themselves a chance. And um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens in the, in the opening quarter of this game. Those first couple of drives, I think, could set the, the tenor for the game. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be uh, interesting. Uh, the Bengals are seven and zero this year when they score first, so they want to play with a lead, you know. And they're six and zero when they lead after the first quarter. So if they can jump out to an early start, I'll tell you these two linebackers though, Devin White and Levante David, they've played every snap defensively. These guys can run. These guys come downhill. They run to the football. That that's two very good linebackers. But if you're hurt up front with Via, who's really good, and on the back end, I mean, there's only so much you can do, but I'll tell you what, Todd Bowles, 14 different guys have at least a half a sack in Todd Bowles' defense. 14 in the defensive linemen, linebackers, cornerbacks, safeties. I mean, it's ridiculous. He's bringing them from everywhere. And he's the guy, he's a guy like the offensive coaches. They, they say, all right, they're going to make simple things look difficult, difficult things look simple. That's what Bowles does with all of his different looks 
and everything that he does. I have a lot of respect for him as a defensive coach. Um, are the, what do the players think about him and his defensive mind? Well, I, th I think that the, they admire Coach Bowles, and I think you hit on it. As a defensive coordinator, he's one of the best in the game. The problem is when that how that translate translates over as, as a head coach and when you're leading an entire room versus just um, you know working on your defensive game plan. Right. He very much is still a defensive coordinator for this team. So Larry Foote kind of takes on a co-defensive coordinator role for this team. But it, Todd Bowles is still the defensive coordinator. Um, right. So his right. oversight as head coach maybe not where it should be. Um, but he does. He draws up, obviously, exotic blitzes and disguised looks. And, you know, players on the defensive end love playing for him because it's going to give them an opportunity to fly off the edge or run a stunt up the middle. Um, and, you know, with with teams that, that aren't wise to, to playing against Todd Bowles' defense, uh, they can wreak havoc. And, and they, they've been able to get to the quarterback, you know, you know, a, a, an ample amount of times this year, and they, they do it with a handful of different guys. But, yeah, the, the middle of that defense, Levante David, Devin White, those are the two mainstays. Those guys have remained healthy. They fly around. But if your defensive line is allowing, you know, O-linemen to run free, then it doesn't yep. really matter because you can't fill those holes. You can't stop that run. And uh, that's part of the issue. So it's it's a, a total team thing. I mean, they, I know it's cliche, but this, the team has stars on it, and those stars have certainly not played like stars this year, and the fan base is frustrated. Everybody's searching for answers, and I think it's, uh, it's a lot more nuanced than one guy or one side of the ball. It's, it's all across the board. That's going to do it for this episode of the Bengals Booth Podcast presented by Kettering Health, the official health care provider of the Bengals. By Bengals Picks and Ultimate Bengals, they're free to play with tickets and signed merchandise up for grabs. By Paycor, the official HR software provider of the Bengals. And by AltaFiber, future-proof fiber internet. Elevate your connection with AltaFiber. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast, and if you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. That helps more Bengals fans find us. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.